7.05 tonight will be the first pitch on Sportsnet 590. The fan at Sportsnet, it'll be the Jays and the Yankees. You say Kikuchi against Luis Severino. Did you see Mr. Nestor Cortez last night? How can you not? Must watch. <laughs> he almost threw a no-no. You know it wasn't going to happen, but he almost did. It's fun to... Yeah, I, so every listen, time I, you no. tune in and watch, you know, it's like uh, certain pitchers that probably should never be trying to throw no hitters, and he's in that mix. I know the little cutter and all the deception he has, but really, I, like, like I, I'm all for. I love to watch him. I'm, I'm oh, the first one to tune in. I'm flipping the channel, but there's there's a lot of this going around that you know some some guys who shouldn't be going in the eight, into the eighth inning with no hitters. I, I kind of I mean, like. I, I get a kick out of watching Nestor Cortez. I do. I, I do too. I think it's it's just so different. And um, yeah. Anyhow, that would have been something. Nestor, what it? Nestor Cortez joining the list of Yankees no hitters. Uh, Dan Shulman's going to be back in the booth for the Yankees series. He joins us. How you doing, Mister Shulman? I am great. I am excited to be back in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, Yankees and Jays is. I mean, it, it's pretty good, pretty good matchup to uh, to return to return to. Um, and we're glad you're doing well. We're also obviously, of course, absolutely glad that you're glad that you're back. Um, so Barker and I were talking about this at the start of the show. This will be Kikuchi's second start against the Yankees, second consecutive start, back-to-back starts. We know that his last start, I think we can all agree, was a step forward. He was. Closer. It was his best start, and yeah. he's looked more like the guy that I think if you if you told Pete Walker how would you say Kikuchi be pitching midseason, they would probably say we'd like a little more of that and a little less of what we saw before. What will be the challenge for him today against the Yankees? Because I, I've got to think, Danny, that the Yankees they're you know they may not be surprised by anything that Mister Kikuchi throws at them this time. Right, because as we all know, it was a different Kikuchi last time out. And I'm not just talking about he pitched better in command and all that, but it's when he kind of morphed the old cutter and the old slider into one harder slider, like 88-89. He had a 91 and he had an 84, and he blended them together. Now he's got an 88-89. And I don't know if the Yankees – well, he had started that the start before. I don't know if the Yankees knew that was coming, like – I thought today, these days, everybody knows everything that's coming, right? Yeah. You've all got tons of people in your analytics department and tons of video guys. So, But without question, the Yankees will clearly know that the old scouting report doesn't apply anymore. and the new, They've just seen them, so they know. So one, the challenge is if there was an element of surprise last year, guys, that's gone. Um, the next challenge, I think, is commanding the ball. Because even if he's tinkering with his pitch mix, he's got to command the ball. Can't leave the slider out over the middle of the plate. Got to throw the fastball in the proper spots. And then the last part is pitching at Yankee Stadium is tough. You know, I think it's tougher than pitching at the Rogers Center. I think people are worried about that short porch and right. He's already pitched there this year. Remember, his first start of the season was at Yankee Stadium. So how about this? He's made six starts this year after tonight. Three against the Yankees, two against the Astros, and one against the Red Sox. And I know the Red Sox aren't scoring runs, but it was still then against Boston at Fenway. That's about as tough a draw as you can have for your first six starts. So um, if he, if he can come anywhere close to replicating what he did his last time out, I think that'll be a tremendous accomplishment. Okay. Let's stop talking about pitching because you know, we, we beat this pitching thing to death about the balls and how much uh, benefit they have with the shift. I don't want to talk about the pitching anymore because I love to hit. 
Dan, you know, I used, to, I used to try and do it. I wasn't very good at it all the time, but I used to try and do it. How, I, you know, sometimes you look at parts of the season and you say, this is sort of their moment. I had a day off yesterday. Blue Jays could sort of walk away from what they were doing that wasn't going well offensively. Coming back now, Luis Severino is not going to be the easiest get today. But, you know, certain guys, you know what you have to do. It's got to be short and quick. You long, you overswing, he's going to take you behind the woodshed. Do you think this is the part of the season where it's time? Like, we, we've had enough of the, the short and spring training and all the excuses. It's time. Well, I guess it depends. If you want to give them a pass, Kevin, yeah. maybe you say it's time after they get through the Yankee series and the Ray series. <laughs> maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know, it's like when managers get fired, when you got a really bad team coming up next and the new manager gets an easier opponent and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about 30 and 31, and they're through that now. Uh, so the off days are coming, but it's still the Yankees and the Rays who are, you know, could be the two best teams in the league, right? So, mm-hmm. um Again, and, and I know we've said this a lot, and it's not to make an excuse. It's a fact. Their schedule to start the year was harder than anybody else's with 30 and 31 and then the number of times they're playing good teams. Uh, I don't want to get sidetracked here. I want to get back to your question. But the, the Yankees, they play the Orioles six more times, like in the next three weeks or something like that. The Yankees will have played the Orioles 13 times before the Blue Jays play them once. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. Uh, and I know the Blue Jays were supposed to play the Orioles three games at the beginning of the year in the lockout move that series. I get it. But I'm just saying what what's actually happening here is some teams have much harder schedules than other teams. And, and so if you want to give them a pass, maybe maybe give them one more week until okay. some easier <laughs> until some easier teams roll in. I, I think tonight is going to be really difficult. I, I looked at all of the Blue Jays who are on the roster now. What are their lifetime statistics against Luis Severino? You, you want the good news or the bad news? And I'll tell you in advance, there's no good news. There's I was going to say, we did define, <laughs> yeah, I, I've done this, Dan, so I'm going to yeah. let you do it, though. But I'm interested in what your definition of the good news is. Yeah, there is no good news. So, exactly. and, and the Yankee, the Yankees did a very smart thing by having Cortez go yesterday and pushing Severino back, right? They like, mm-hmm. that's not an accident. They no. flipped them. Um, they didn't want Cortez to see the Jays again. He didn't do great. They'd love Severino against the Jays. The current Jays on the roster are seven for 53 Oof. with one home run and 21 strikeouts. That's tough. And he's, he's really good. And, and he throws really hard and, and listen, they could, they could knock him around tonight, but if they're going to win this game, I see it much more likely as being, you know, two to one or three to two rather Oof. than seven to six. They don't, I, I know. And that's a, that's a hard thing to, 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 to figure out as well, but he's, he's really good. And, and the Yankees, I know, you know, whether people want to hear it or not, the Yankees are much better this year. Their defense is way better. Their starting rotation has been really good. Their base running is better. Um, and they, they hit and they still hit, they hit enough. They hit more than they did last year, actually. So um, this is going to be a challenging couple of days for the blue Jays. I, I think if you get a split in these two, you head on down to the trap feeling pretty good. Yeah. And uh, don't look now, but, while we were all laughing about the Baltimore Orioles, they've pulled ahead of the Boston Red Sox. So I think True. the worst fear yeah. for Jays fans is your first game against Baltimore is they're hovering around. No, nah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to happen. I don't even want to go there. You know, you, you, you talked about the Yankees and how they, they are better defensively than, than we thought they'd be. And Barker gets mad at me when I say that. I don't want to lay it all in, at, the, at the feet of Gary Sanchez because, as Mr. Barker points out, the dude is going to hit 30 home runs. But, Dan, they seem to play with, with, with 
Higashioka and with Trevino behind the plate, stuff stuff just seems to happen better for them this yep. year. That's the only yeah, that's they, the only way I can describe it. Yeah, um, you know, catcher and shortstop to me, center field's very important. First base is very underrated, but catcher and shortstop to me are probably the two most important defensive positions on the field, and and. The combination of Trevino and Higashioka. Well, Higashioka played some last year, yes. so it's really Trevino replacing Sanchez. So, right. uh, if you're into framing, Trevino's the number one framer in baseball. He's buying strikes for his pitchers, and and you know that that, that shows up in 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 certain you know less tangible ways. It's a one and two count instead of a two and one count, or something like that. Um, Kiner Falefa is a major upgrade at shortstop. Uh, over Glaber Torres. Are you major, surprised? Major. Are you surprised at how much of an upgrade he has been? Guy, I, I just I haven't watched. I didn't watch him that much, Dan. I'll, I'll admit, but I've I've watched the Yankees games and I'm really surprised at how good he is. I can't put it any other way. I, I think if I'm tell me if I'm mistaken, but I think he won a Gold Glove at third base. Yes. in the shortened year in 2020. Yes, he did. Yeah, um, and he's been a catcher at times too. He's just a good athlete. He's yeah. one of these guys. You can put anywhere. So, you know, Glaber Torres was significantly below average at short. He's adequate at second, I think. So, you know, major upgrades at catcher, major upgrades at short, a full year of Rizzo at first, and Rizzo's a very capable first baseman. Um, and actually, their numbers grade out really well at third base, too. And I, I like defensive run saved and all that sort of thing. And I, I, I asked Aaron Boone about it when they were in Toronto, and I said, tell me about third base. And he said, Donaldson's playing great, and LeMayu's been really good over there as well. So they're better in a number of spots. They're up there kind of near where the Blue Jays are, both like around fifth, sixth, if you're looking at defensive run safe, but they're doing it in, in different ways. Most of the Blue Jays' good numbers come in shifting in positioning, and most of the Yankees' good numbers come in individual guys, catcher, shortstop, um, that sort of thing. But the, the, the Yankees... Did a, they had a good offseason, in my opinion. I know they didn't go out and spend $300 million to get a guy, but they addressed obvious shortcomings, and two of them were defensive catcher and defensive shortstop, and they, they upgraded significantly. Dan, whenever I talk about Matt Chapman and I watch him offensively, I, when I have people on that can talk offense, I really don't even know how to ask the question about Matt Chapman. That's not a bad thing or a knock on him. I just, with the way you see him play defense, how great he is, the plays he makes, the arm strength, the accuracy, you know, you rave about him on the air, which is exactly what you should do. He's second to none defensively over there in my mind when it comes to that. And you sort of think it should look like that offensively. I don't really want to ask you what a good year offensively is for him. I just want to ask, are you thinking that he is offensively what he looks like. Is that is that sort of the right way to ask about Matt Chapman, yeah, no, I think? Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. So, you know, you go back to 18 and 19, and he's a top 10 MVP guy. Yeah. Um, obviously, the defense, platinum glove, we've all seen it. But as an offensive player, he's kind of hitting more in the, the 250 range with power. So the on-base percentage is, you know, up in the 350 range. When he's sitting down 200, 210, the on-base percentage is 280, 290, that sort of thing. I thought he no, – nobody expects the guy to hit 300, no. and I don't think anybody should expect the guy to be Marcus Simeon of last year. That's not fair to Matt Chapman. But I thought and still think and hope 
you know, there is, it, it's been a month. There's more in there than we've seen. That he, he sure looks healthy. There's no reason to think mm-hmm. that he's not healthy. We just see a lot of swing and miss in this game, which is part of his game. When the Oakland, when Oakland was in, I asked their broadcasters about him, and they said even in his great years, he's, very streaky, super hot, then he really cools off. Super hot, really cools off. So maybe we just need to to wait for that hot streak. But, it, you know, it was an interesting thing because you knew the Blue Jays were going to get somebody uh, in the offseason. And there was talk, well, they need a left-handed batter. Well, they need a third baseman. They couldn't get both. Mm-hmm. So they had to choose. And they got a third baseman. And they decided, obviously, that getting a third baseman was the biggest need uh, over getting a left-handed bat to play somewhere on the field and they tried right like we know they talked to cleveland about jose uh, about jose ramirez right. and we know they were they talked to Corey seager's representatives like we know all these things so but they they couldn't get everything they wanted in one package so they had to decide what's the most important thing the most important thing was getting a quality third baseman in their minds and they've certainly gotten quality defense out of him but um yeah you're hoping for a little more he doesn't need to hit up two three four he's going to hit six seven in the lineup. But again, you'd love to see him on base a little bit more because he does have the ability to take walks and, and the better he's hitting, maybe the more they'll, you know, maybe the more he'll walk as well if they pitch around him a little bit, but there just needs to be more guys on base for this team, in my opinion. And, and he's a guy who can contribute to that. Dan, we, uh, we could be getting Danny Jansen back at some point in the, I, I think we expect him back at some point in the next two weeks. Um, what have you made of Alejandro Kirk in that time? I, I've been pleasantly surprised by his defense. Again, maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe I shouldn't be that surprised. The offense, the hitting looks like it's come around, although, you know, I still wonder about a guy that can go an entire month without an extra base, without an extra base hit. Um, what's your read on him right now? Did we learn, have we learned more good about him than bad, or is it kind of a, a wash right now? It's funny. It's a wash in a surprising sense. Like, because as you say, the defense, he's fine, right? Like, yeah. it's just not even, it's not a thing. No, it's, it's not, not a, a talking it's, point. It, right? It's just not a thing, right? Yep. So he's fine. He's never going to have a cannon of an arm. Uh, we know that. But guys don't steal all that often anymore. In terms of blocking, I think he's okay. He gets big marks for framing. Again, mm-hmm. he's one of these guys who's buying strikes, especially at the low end of the zone. Um, the, you know, there's been some talk about them, little load management, not three days in a row. And, and that's okay, I think. Um, and as you say, Jansen's coming back at some point also. And he's gotten hot with the bat the last week. And he's another guy. Like, if you're looking at ways this team can get better, Alejandro Kirk hitting is on the list, obviously, because we've seen that in the past from him. But when when Jansen comes back, I suspect Heineman is optioned and that there's room for Jansen, Kirk, and Collins. Because I think they all have little, you know, niches where they can fit in. Um, if Jansen's catching, one of the other two guys can be the DH. Doesn't have to be, but can be the DH. So you could have two of them in the lineup on some days, one of them in the lineup on the other day. So I think there's room with three. I, I've sat there when I've been bored and said, okay, as of May 30th, they're only allowed 13 pitchers, which means they have to have 13 position players. You can get to 11 or 12 easily. You can't get to 13 easily. Like, there's there's room on the roster, I think, for Collins and Kirk and Jansen. And then in terms of playing time, as Kevin knows, you hit, you play. Yep. Yeah, no, that's... that's about winning now. 
No, I, th- I think that's yeah. absolutely right. And, and, and you know, the, I think we're all in agreement here. The one thing that this is, this stint for Alejandro Kirk has shown me is if, if, you know, if you hit, you play, I, I've, I've answered the, I've had my defensive questions answered. So now it's, who's going to give me a better chance offensively. And, and I think yeah. that's a good thing for Alejandro Kirk that he's removed part of that. Uh, you know, he's moved one part of the equation. Right. There isn't that. Yeah, but could he? Although, you know, again, you 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 made a good point, Dan. It's I know load management is a thing in sports, but um, to me, there's a big difference between load management being four days in a row and load management being three days in a row. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. But once Jansen comes back, it's probably not an issue because, you know, Jansen's going to catch a obviously catch a fair bit, probably be the number one guy. The other thing we don't know, and, and I totally get the team not wanting to publicize all this stuff, even if there's no such thing as personal catchers, there are clearly certain catchers that certain pitchers prefer um, to, to pitch to. If if Ryu comes back and then Jansen comes back, we know that'll be a thing. But, you know, um, Manoa seems very comfortable with Alejandro Kirk. Robbie yeah. Ray was very comfortable with Alejandro Kirk last year. So, We'll see how they split it up and, and, and what Collins's role is. Collins obviously has more value offensively than defensively, although I know the Blue Jays have thought, hey, he's okay back there. He's mm-hmm. not like the reports were not good yeah, uh, no, they, when they got they him. But but I know yeah, but I know the Blue Jays think he's okay. But you know, being a left handed bat and having some power, you know, I, I think there's still a role for him a couple times a week. And and, and again, just for fun, write down thirteen position players and, and Call me when you get to twelve because the twelve are easy, but they got room. They've got room to go out and get somebody, and and I wonder if 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 they will, um, you know, make a June trade or something yep. like that. Like you can look around, just like they did on the pitching side last year. Um, like, would you like a guy like? And, and we can do. We're not tampering. We can have fun. Would you like a guy like Andrew Benintendi on this team? Um, mm-hmm. You know, left-handed bat hits for average, makes contact, can run a little bit. Um, the Royals aren't going anywhere. Would you like a guy like Ian Happ on this team? Cubs mm-hmm. aren't going anywhere. Uh, as you can tell, when I've been when I was on my close contact COVID, uh, I had some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so I, I went roster surfing. So there are guys out there that can make this team better. And the nice thing is, I think you can get guys. You don't have to say, well, it's got to be a second baseman or it's got to be a right field, whatever. I think you can move guys around, and and you've got the flexibility in the DH spot that yes. you can make almost anybody fit. So um, I, I'm curious to see if there's a a preemptive position player deal maybe in June. Or something. Dan, I, I always uh, crack jokes at that uh, Blair about whenever I had a day off at the big league level, I'd leave my cell phone in in the room. It was no joke. I would because that's normally when front offices and managers they start thinking, and that's when moves are made. Any chance? Other than the leadoff hitter in this lineup, they do some different things with the lineup. Move some guys around, give it a different look. Any chance that happens, you think? Yeah, I think there's a chance. They did it last year. Um, and, and, again, the lineup was different because Simeon uh, was here last year and Springer was in and out of the lineup so much. They had to make cha- changes. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Move Vladdy up to two, I guess. Right? Like, you're not dropping Vladdy to four. That doesn't make any sense. So you could move Vladdy up to two. Uh, Bo's hit fourth before, but the one I've wondered about is Lee Kostrowski is at fourth. If you want to make a change, why not just put Bo third? Like, why not just flip Vladdy and Bo? And, and it, as you guys know, sometimes you shake things up just because you don't know what else to do to try to get them going. Like, you only have a few different things you can do. 
But if I were thinking of a shakeup, I wouldn't move Bo to four. I, I'd move him to three, I, I, I think. And, and, you know, with Vladdy's great on-base percentage, if you've got more traffic on in front of Bo, then I – like we always talk about who's hitting behind you, who's protecting you. Sometimes I think who's hitting in front of you is more important yep. because if that guy's on base a lot, now they got to pitch to you. And if they got to come in the strike zone to Bo, I mean, Bo's doing fine now. Bo's going to do fine. But uh, the only thing I think I would consider guys in the top four is maybe just flipping Gladdy and Bo. Bo's Bo never hit third for some reason. I'm not sure why, but maybe just flipping those two guys. Now, you know, and the thing I find really interesting about that is because what that does do is you have given protection to your two best hitters because now instead of having Bo hit fourth, um, you know, and, and Teoscar move up to third or whatever and have and have Guriel behind Bo. Now you got Teoscar behind Bo, Bo behind Vladdy, Vladdy behind Springer. So that's everybody's kind of got there's that nice little pocket there, right? Where you've got the guy behind you. You guys know as well as anybody, it's it almost makes too much sense for them to do. <laughs> Don't I, and I'm not even saying I would do it. I'm just saying, you know, if they do something, sure. what would I do? And that that'd be one I would think about. But sometimes the guys just got to hit better wherever they are. Yep. Like you don't want to make an excuse about it. And and there's one guy who we haven't mentioned yet, and and that's Guriel, who was for the last two and a half months of last year like an all-star level performer, that good. And Lourdes has to start hitting too, and and he will. I, I mean, he's I think he's got enough time in the big leagues where we know what the numbers are are going to be at the end of the season. But um, uh, you, you know, Lourdes getting hot really helps. And again, last year there was there was Simeon up at the top. Now you've got Chapman down lower in the lineup. It's it's the lineups put together differently this year, but they've still got it's one month. They're going to hit better with runners in scoring position. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be a good offensive team when this is all said. Though. Danny, good of you to do this, man. Thanks so much. Great to hear you back. Yeah, great stuff. All right, guys. Thanks. See you soon. Take thanks. care, Dan Shulman, Blue Jays play-by-play voice on Sportsnet. He will have the call from the Bronx tonight as the Jays take on the Yankees. In the first of a two-game series, mm. uh, Kikuchi against Severino. Interesting, interesting thoughts about uh, about uh, the, the, the lineup. The only person that can sell that's Vladdy. Vlad, Vladdy's the hiccup. It's not Teoscar. It's not Bo. Bo. You mean the person? No, the only he'll, person he'll you have more. to sell that to. No, you're not selling it. Vladdy's going to be the one raising his hand, going to Charlie, saying, "I'm going to do it." You ain't selling it. They've already tried to sell it. They can't sell it. Vladdy doesn't like it. So that's the thing is, can you, you know, on an off day go, oh, is this the best thing for the entire team to have it here? This guy hitting here makes it just look different for that opposing pitcher to try and figure out Vladdy early. I, I do I do think the couple of pitches, two out thing is a deal. I do think it's a deal for Vladdy. Well, you try and, you try and figure out your best hitter, how to make him your best hitter all the time. And you just don't want him thinking about going up taking pitches. And I think that aggressive nature between Bo and, and George Springer sometimes gets Vladdy in trouble. He takes goodens, as I like to say occasionally. You know, you get a little on that side of the mountain. And you want him going up not taking those. How do you do it? And it's going it, to it's gonna come down to Vladdy just raising his hand, which who am I to speak for Vladdy? Vlad, Vladdy's Vladdy. Vladdy thinks he's more comfortable hitting third than he is second. But I just think sometimes... You know, you got to put your big boy pants on. <laughs> you go to go go to Charlie. Maybe they did it already. Maybe we'll be surprised. I doubt it, but maybe. Yeah, again, it'll, it'll depend on how uh, 
And you're right. It, it, it's going to come down to Vladdy. It's going to come down to Vladdy. It ain't Charlie. It ain't John Snyder. They've already tried to sell it, I know for a fact. Uh, they've they've thrown out all the stats, saying the 18 and 19 more bats, and you're going to have a better chance of winning the MVP because you're going to have closer to 20 more bats. You want to win that triple crown, which is what you have to do because of that unicorn that plays in L.A.? You may have to do it, and he still doesn't want to do yeah, it. That unicorn may be extending, putting some room between himself and a right lot now. of other people in right the now. MVP race right now. Not that, you know, I certainly don't think Vladdy is necessarily... Well, yeah, I think he is motivated a bit by the MVP award. I think he was a little chapped that he didn't that it was unanimous. Last he said year. it out loud when yeah, I was in spring training. He, did, he, he, did, he, he said did. it out loud. Said you it don't out say loud. things out loud unless it chapped you to where you think that uh, the only thing I have left to do is win a triple crown. That's almost impossible. You being right-handed hitter, the the the, the Cabrera days where the shift is not there and you've straightened everybody out. Now I ain't gonna do that because you know what happens is now they start doing things in the outfield. It's not so much the infield, yep. it's the outfield. Good luck. <laughs> uh, you still have time to submit questions for Barker's back leg bits. We will get around to it at 11.45. You can DM me. My Twitter handle is SNJeffBlair. 595.90 is the text line as well. Jake Storiali is host of Talking Baseball and Talking Yanks, the podcast on John Boy Media. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on 590-360 and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The ball hit toward right field. Sheets coming in. Drops the ball. The Guardians will score first as Quan comes home. Into second base is Owen Miller. And Sheets just simply botched it. All right. Now, we played this. First of all, uh, you heard what I heard. Absolutely, I heard it. But it's not what we think we heard. Um, First of all, if that word had been said, I guarantee you the Guardians uh, would not have uh, have kept that up in their website. So they have. The Guardians posted the clip. So uh, awful announcing. I don't know if people do this. Really, people have way too much they do. time in their hands. They have broken it down clip by clip by clip by clip by clip. And if you do that, apparently you hear one announcer, Rick Manning, say, are you kidding me? At the same time as the other announcer says, Sheets just simply botched it. Are and you Sheets. kidding me? So there you go. <laughs> really? So when hey. when Manning says kidding, and who's Underwood? Who, what, Underwood, what's the name of the... Matt Underwood says Sheets at the same time. It sounds like... Sheeting. Are you Sheets. kidding me? See? I guess. Anyhow, sounds like you can make anything sound the way you want it to sound. We've had a uh, we've had a, a a kind of an ongoing debate. Well, it's not really a debate here. <laughs> it's not a, okay. It's not on. a debate. Clean it uh, up because I know of uh, because I have a pretty good idea who's, who's Barker's sources are. But every every time in recent, you, you say have no could, idea. I know nice who I, I know who nice it is. Try. I know exactly who it is. I'm not You're sure. Told crazy. me who it was. Um, but we've, we've always talked, you say, Kikuchi starts, right, about his splitter 
or his changeup as a splitter, his fastball. And then that, as, as Dan referred to it, that sort of that morphed third pitch was, which is kind of at different times, it's been called the slider at different times. It's been called a cutter. Now he used to throw a cutter all, uh, all the time. And, and one of the issues with him was he got cutter happy. So it's been an issue, though, because MLB StatCast, MLB.com StatCast, breaks down all the pitches, and they were still classifying it as a cutter, even though my friend Barker's been telling me for three starts now that, according to his sources, they've told him, you ain't throwing a cutter. If you throw a cutter, we're going to take you back to the woodshed and beat you up. <laughs> so it's a slider. You Now, it may not be the greatest slider the in the world, slider. right? That's a bad slider. Anyhow. So, we just got this email. MLB StatCast. They spoke to Kikuchi through his interpreter. This is how StatCast is going to classify his pitches going forward. All right? Four-seamer, slider, and changeup. So, that's what you're going to see if you go on the StatCast thing. Four-seam, slider, changeup. Even though the changeup's a splitter. He wants to call it whatever you want to call it. There you go. Four seam slider change up going forward. Now, maybe that's just Kikuchi saying, I'm going to call it a slider just to keep everybody happy, even though I'm still going to every now and then mix a cutter in. But there you go. Sounds like StatCast should call uh, Blair and Barker. Well, you've been saying it for two. <laughs> I mean, you've been saying it. Actually, you've been saying it for three. But we know. I mean, look, we were told. We were told that one of the things when they got him over here, one of the things they wanted to do was, one, maximize the use as much as he was comfortable of the splitter, which is a, an unhittable hit pitch for him at times, and two, stop throwing that stupid cutter <laughs> and start developing a slider. So that that was, they were very clear, like the plan of attack, great, this guy's fastball is so good. If he's got command of the fastball, that's not an issue. Got to stop him from throwing the cutter and going more with the slider. So, it's a work-in-progress slider that's going to look like poop at times. There you go. And when it looks like poop... It's just a poop slider. It's a poop slider. <laughs> it's not a cutter. Uh, All right. So, we got that cleared up. Jake Storiali's host of Talking Baseball and Talking Yanks, the podcast on John Boy Media. He joins us on Blair and Barker. He's been listening to this going, what the hell are these goons on about jake thanks so much for joining us we just had to clarify that because that was that's just one of those things anyhow it was a particular it was a particular burr in both of our asses shall we say mm. it's probably hey, the best way to jeff play. kevin I, I i gotta be honest i feel at home i, I walk into a slider cutter conversation nice. I, I feel like i'm i'm getting into a warm bath right now how are you guys doing we're doing well the warm bath analogy is kind of throwing me for a loop but that's okay i like it that's okay. It's, I'll send you guys pics. I'll send pictures. Oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't like it. As, as long <laughs> okay. as there aren't as long as there aren't bubbles involved. Um, actually, that's the only okay. way. That is true. What's that's the point the of having a bath way. if you're not going to put bubbles in it? Yeah. Um, hey, I got I got this idea, Jake, that every everything the Yankees are doing right right now goes back to the fact that they don't have Gary Sanchez behind Ooh. the plate. Am oh, I right? Man, we're going there. All right. Right out Let's of the gate, we're going there. Because I listen, I watched their their games. And I, 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 they, they're better defensively than I thought they would be. I will be the first to put my hand up. And one of the things I notice is with Higashioka, who was there last year behind the plate, and Jose Trevino, it, things just seem to be smoother. M maybe I'm wrong. 
You're not wrong. I mean, it, defensively, there's there's no argument. And I, you know, we we love Gary. Yankee fans still love Gary. They, um, you know, there's a lot of good memories, mostly on the offensive side. Um, they messed with Gary a lot defensively, and I I understand why. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But they also kind of they just never recognized that that's not what Gary responds to. Uh, he's kind of a laid back guy. And, you know, all, all these dudes have different personalities and, and they're wired different ways. Um, the way they approach Gary uh, just wasn't, wasn't ever right. That being said, coming into this year, you say, Hey, you know, at the catching position, we've got two guys that are elite pitch framers. I mean, Trevino's like, he's, he's breaking the bank this year, stealing pitches. It's like, there's some ridiculous numbers out there. So, I'll say this. I, I love Gary. He's always going to have a place in my heart, but you're right. I mean, there's something to penciling the catcher for the nine spot, knowing that you're going to steal a couple strikes. You're going to control runners on the bases and things like that. Um, I, I'll, I'll always say Gary got a little bit of a raw deal. I mean, there was a while when the Yankees, like they had guys that never hold runners on. Like Gary was in a tight spot. Mm-hmm. That being said, you are right. I mean, that's one of the bigger changes and, IKF at shortstop, like, you know, we're talking about two of the bigger defensive positions, right? Catcher and shortstop. And uh, Kiner Falefa's come in. He's he's locked up that spot after the Glaber experiment just didn't work out. So it, those have definitely been something that you, as a Yankee fan, you don't truly feel every day, but it's kind of a good thing that you're not feeling them. Speaking of uh, ridiculous numbers. Aaron Judge, end of the season. I know he's turned down 31 and a half for however many years he turned that down. What's the number going to look like at the end of the season? Or And and do you think it will be a Yankees number? Man, it's, uh, it's a popular conversation around the office. <laughs> um, and I, I'll say this. I think Aaron Judge is going to end up looking good because, man, when he's on the field, he, he only produces um, – you know, he's got a couple of the injuries, but they really were fluky in hindsight as I knock wood next to the phone. But um, honestly, I'll, I don't think he gets to three. Um, you know, I, I know Judge's agent probably doesn't want to hear me say that, but like a 275, a 280, like I, I think that's really in the realm, especially you don't think the New York Mets, if he hits free agency, Uncle Steve Cohen's going to throw yeah. his hat in the ring? Oh, yeah. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if Boston, like, you, you you really want to twist the knife and, you know, maybe an older judge patrols left field. That guy's going to have the market from everyone because he's an elite player. I think the Yanks, it would be one of the first times that they have to tap into being the old Yankees. Like, you can't let Aaron Judge go. So I'd say, yeah, it's it's Yankee land and, yeah, 275, 280, something like that. Not not bad. Okay, before Jeff jumps in here, any, any I don't know, they're they're playing Giancarlo Stanton a little bit more in the outfield. Is is 2 plus 2 in, in New York a little bit? You start thinking about, right, he could play a little bit of right. You can't pay judge. You still got Giancarlo Stanton under contract. Maybe we fill in the blanks with him. Because he can play a little outfield. Am I under something or am I just throwing it against the wall here? I'll tell you what, I kind of, I love the thought process because that's, that's kind of the whole conversation in Boston right now between Story and Bogarts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only thing that I guess <laughs> Yankee fans haven't been wandering there, you could probably say the same thing for Joey Gallo, right? 20, 28 years old. 
Um, Yankee fans not fully in love with Joey, for lack of a better term right now. Um, you know, he's a free agent after this season. You haven't heard anything about him. And then with Stanton, it's, it, they've just had such, like, baby gloves. I, I, I don't know the right term with, with Stanton just because of his injury history that, I mean, when we see him out in the outfield two days a week, we're still celebrating. So, uh, And with the rest of his contract, you know a lot of that's going to be DH days. So I, I really don't think so. It, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you hear something like that. If Judge does hit free agency, that seems like a good Brian Cashman quote. Like, we've got Stan who can play right field, but you'll look back at his game log and it's like, well, yeah, he played 40 games there this year. Yeah, I, I, just hearing you talk about Aaron Judge, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm old enough to have covered the, the Yankees when they had the core four and covering them during the World Series. And I, I, I'm thinking, you know, if I'm the Yankees, I, Glaber Torres I mishandled that situation. And maybe I've, you know, by, by, by accident, maybe I've stumbled on the answer. Maybe the answer should have been there all along. But I'm, I'm looking around. Robinson Cano is out of the game now. Uh, yeah, Glaber Torres, man, if I'm the Yankees, I look at Aaron Judge and, and I just don't know if an Aaron Judge deal is ever going to come back to bite me. You know what I mean? Because you can make a case that he is the closest thing they've had to that core four. And I mean, I almost have to do it. I, I know that's not the way ownership thinks. <clears throat> ownership doesn't like to be emotional, but, but Jake, I'm looking at Judge and I'm just thinking I, I almost have to do it. I, I just, I almost have to. I, I think you're right. Like it's at a certain point, you still are the Yankees. Like I, I know some of the COVID stuff there. I know this people hate hearing this, but the Yankees, like their family owns the Yankees. It's not an oil tycoon that also has a baseball team. So like they, they got hit by the, the COVID times and some of those numbers pretty hard. But if Aaron judge is a free agent, you can't lose that guy. Cause then, then you're kind of not the Yankees. Like, look, yeah. Look what the Blue Jays are doing every year in free agency. Look at the Sox. Look at the Rays. Um, I, I, I think you're right, and I, I guess I hope you're right, too, because, yeah, the, the big fella, he's nails, man, and I, I know I don't have to tell you guys. Um, he's not just a big slugger. Like, that dude, he, he's five-tool. Um, yep. And, you know, I, uh, I, I've been a big advocate of getting a balanced schedule just because I think we fall in love with players when we see them play, and mm-hmm. if, whether you're in – Cincinnati or uh, Seattle or wherever your team is, Denver, like if you watch this guy play baseball, you fall in love with him. So I I, I think you're right. I I think he's a Yankee. And by the way, how about all the press conferences where he, he's kind of got this like XL version of Jeter going on where he cracks the little joke, but he doesn't say too much. Like the Yankees love him. Has there been a, a pleasant surprise this year? Somebody that you you thought in you know spring training, short in spring training, man, well, seriously, this guy's going to play, and you see him play, and you're like, yeah, I'm glad he's playing. Man, you got to go to the pitching because um, <laughs> let's be honest, hey, hitting's down kind of across the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I, everyone obviously loves Nestor. Um, he is his artwork. He's a very sexual baseball player. Um, it, it's incredible to watch. I, I guess where I'll go, the, the one that's probably most important, Mike King deserves a shout out. Yeah. He's, yes. he's been awesome out of the pen. Um, I, I guess for the Yankees season, kind of the conversation every Yankee fan was having, but wasn't having was Luis Severino. It was like, Hey, if Sevy's back, like 
that means we've got Cole and Seve. Like, we've been going into playoff series in previous years. Before Cole, we were trying to figure out anyone after Tanaka. And now, like, if we head into a playoff series and it's Cole and Seve, like, that, that's, that's game-changing. So, um, the way he's looked so far, the numbers aren't crazy, but he looks like Luis Severino. And, uh, you know, we, we've almost given him a buffer just because, like, he's been gone for a while. Like, he's going to have to take some time and figure it out. But the stuff looks there. And he uh, he's another one. Yankee heartstrings are attached to him just from watching him become the player he is. Jake, really good of you to join us yeah. today. Thanks so much, man. Lots of fun. Enjoy your bat. Great stuff. <laughs> hey, take take it easy, guys. I'll see you in the bubbles next time. Absolutely. <laughs> Jake Storiali is host of Talking Baseball and Talking Yanks podcast on John Boy Media. Great stuff. It was good fun. So, yeah, Gary Sanchez, even folks who like Gary Sanchez, they know that I'm right. I, I ask him surprises. He, he, he named three or four. The, the, good teams always have surprises. Well, that hey, the bullpen, Blue Jays. I'll tell you. Blue I, Jays, you know, well, who's the surprise to the Blue Jays? Uh, Espinal? Mm, Kirk defensively? Mm, yeah, that, boy, that's a good question. All good teams have that guy that... Uh, you didn't really know. That's but you can't wait to have es- him on your team. Espinal would be Espinal would be I the would guy. Think so only because we've gone from talking about a platoon second base situation to just he's the second baseman. Probably yeah. Espinal. Although you know, Biggio was hurt. No, it'd be it'd be Espinal. It'd be Espinal. Uh, there's a lot. I, I look in that bullpen. We've talked about Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes comes into the game and I start Oof. breaking out in a cold sweat. Because it's just, it's... Game's over? Y- yeah. <laughs> That's, you could say it. No, it, it, anybody in that bullpen. King's the same. King's got a... People forget, King's got a starter's repertoire. Uh, he, that bullpen beats you before you ever walk to the plate. It's like, oh, really? Power sink with slider. Yeah. That's what you're getting. And power is a whole different word when it comes to if you have power and you can add movement to the power. Sitting there at the I end. I just don't know how you hit that. Sitting you there at the end it. is. You're yeah. beat before you walk to the plate. Unless unless that bullpen, unless there's a there, there's an injury to somebody like Michael King or that, I, I like I think I those of us who sold the Yankees short are going to look uh, going to look pretty silly. And I'm not going to say this is going to happen, but. You know, there is a scenario where the Yankees and Rays put a bit of a buffer between themselves and the Jays here. There is a scenario oh, where let's that hope happens. God. Don't say it's that early. yet. It's early. It's, it's early. And I don't think it's going size, to, but there is a there Well, is a scenario the Jays need to that. hit, plain and simple. End of story. Uh, you know what time it is? Mm. It's that time of the day. It's time for Barker's Back Leg Bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence, like, I got this one, you know. The umpires would throw the balls out, like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We need the dead one. Bring in the dead one. Hey, Bark, why don't you just not worry about it? Uh, I got the mushy balls. You got the mushy balls. That's what they're saying. Little little uh, cameo from Gibby. from Gibby. Oh, Gibby, boy. Gibby's, Gibby's the only guy that wore me out since I've been doing this job. And Gibby wears oh, everybody out. No, not like that. Gibby wears everybody out. Because, I like that. Because I, 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 I was hard on him about the Batista where he was hitting in the lineup. Yeah. He's, he was trying to tell me some things. David Davidson. This is Barker's back leg bits. Uh, DM, uh, DM myself, SN Jeff Blair. David Davidson. 
The only reason I'm reading this out, David, is because you sent me a, a, a DM on March 18th said I need to shut up more and let Kevin say more. That's well said. Yeah. He just says last 10 games, Jays 4 and 6, Orioles 6 and 4, time for a change. Okay, I don't know if. Fire the manager. How about those Orioles? My Orioles, say, man. Did you see them creeping I'll say, up? I'll say they don't, this. You know what this is proving? This proves huh. that Buck Showalter is not that good a manager. That's not what this proves. It doesn't? Oh, okay. No. Uh, <laughs> I will say this. If what you just said about the Rays and the Yankees putting a little separation between them and the Blue Jays, that that was just sent to you is going to get. That can't happen. There, there's going to be more. Hmm. Ryan and Victoria. Sends a question that was asked allegedly around the barbecue. Mm. And I want it. It's first. The, the second question is how big does the number in the Jersey have to be? Like where and, and you know, players starts with a six. I've seen guys in 99. That's not true. Now uh, he's talking about balls and strikes. How much bigger the strike zone? Gets. No, he's talking about the number in the Jersey. He's talking about like when you uh, get I, a Jersey. Uh, yeah, mine's, normally when I was playing, you get what you get. You get what you get. But when uh, I when I was when I was call younger, ups, you can usually tell the call ups because they're wearing. That's different 60, now. 70. You, you got to yeah. baby them. You got to burp them. They give them single digit numbers. Uh, and this is, I, and I think what Ryan's asking here is one that really kind of interests me. When does a player not? When does he have a, have have a have a choice to say no to a coach? In other words, and and the reason I'm asking this is because this gets back to something. I I've your once the game is going. You'll see where I'm getting here because I think the responsibilities of a coach change in game, don't they? Compared to preparation, like like somebody give like he gives somebody a bunt and the guy goes, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. Yeah, no, it's yeah, not. Happening. But but I I think in general what he's saying like if if you're the hitting coach comes up to you in game and says something like as a player once the game started do you think most players and i know they've got the ipads and everything but would most players rather sort of figure it out for themselves once the game gets going as opposed to hearing from a coach in the dugout i'm not sure a lot of it depends on what the sign is what the situation of the game is davy loves gave me a bunt sign against kevin brown i want to throw my bat in the dugout Literally. Did wanted you, to throw it. Oh, tell us what and, happened. You come I and oh, he sent me down to double A. That's what happened. Like, yeah, I got 100 at bats. He sent me down to double A. <laughs> Again, I take full credit for my career. What happened? <clears throat> Certain people didn't help, help it along any. I'm just saying further to that point of that that was sent in, it all depends on who you are, where you're at in your career. You know, Bo Bichette's not getting the bunt sign. Bo Bichette's not getting hit and runs. Those things are not happening. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not getting any of those. George Springer's not getting that. Uh, Zach Collins could get it. He ain't very good at it, but he probably he could uh, get it. You know the obvious names that would get certain signs. Davion Barros asks, should the Jays dial back their aggressiveness? It seems to me that they have a high-risk, high-reward mentality right now, and it's not working right now. Maybe it'll work later on, but it isn't working right now. What do you guys think? That's offensively? Offensively, yeah. It worked last year. It's worked since these guys have been big leaguers. That's the whole point here is. And they've had, you know, this, this group, if you go back and look, and I think it was Caitlin McGrath did an article in The Athletic and mentioned this, this kind of this group, they had a run in August where they weren't real good either. They had a run in August where mm-hmm. they were hitting, where they were just 
crap with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's this team is what it is. They're not. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to turn into. You know, they're not all of a sudden going to turn into guys. George Springer's not going to be taking 14 pitches every at-bat. But you have seen him talk. You, you have seen him back off a little bit early in the first at-bat. You've seen him take a pitch down the middle. You've seen him. I've seen him. I've seen him do it. But George, the conversation George has said he will had. often take a pitch down the middle, they're, too. They're, it's to set him up later, yeah. to think that he's going to take it later. I know why he's doing that. He's not doing it because of the but, guy hitting behind him or this, the guy hitting third. I get it. But th- this, at least you see him do it occasionally. This lack of... Hitting with runners in scoring position. Could that be too ag- uh, over-aggressiveness on the part of Bo the team? Bo got off to a slow start. He's had a lot of at-bats with runners in scoring position. Chapman, we've talked Chapman's about. not very good hitter. That That's a big thing. You know, he's got a lot of all or nothing in his swing. Just like Dan Showman said a little bit earlier there, it's he's not going to hit a high average. You would take a one for four with a runner in scoring position today. You'd take that from him. And Lourdes has been a real early on disappointment when it comes to the ups and downs. Like, there's been a lot more downs. There's been ups. And for me, a little bit of that, sh- maybe you're a little too far off the plate. Yeah, I... Uh, I'm just saying. No, that, that's that, just me. That, that's a good point. I thought that there were signs. Um, I thought that there were signs uh, of, 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 of Guriel. But you force a, a guy into being but... a run producer who's not a run producer... Because your run producer's not in the game. It sort of looks like it's been looked. Yeah. That is it for us today. We will be on tonight, immediately following the Blue Jays game with Blue Jays talk. No Blair and Barker tomorrow. We have an early game, but we will be on immediately following that game with Blue Jays talk. We'll be back Thursday. Put the bat down. It's been Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan 360, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Have a great afternoon. <laughs>